Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Donya. It's your boys from T3M, and we are joined with a very special guest today, Erhan. Assalamu alaikum, bro. Alaikum salam. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? Alhamdulillah, ya Rab. We're good. How are you? I'm doing great. Alhamdulillah. Nice to see you guys. You guys doing your thing, you know? I keep up with you guys. Much love, much love. So tell me a little bit about where you're from, where you currently are, a little bit about your background and upbringing. Okay, absolutely. Um, I'm, in, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I came here when I was three years old from Turkey, and I pretty much got raised here and my upbringing. Uh, well, I started being a, a club promoter at the age of 14 or 13 or 14 for teen nights. And... Uh, that brought me to a lot of highs in life where I felt like I've, I've experienced the epitome of happiness and excitement in life. But uh, with all good things, it, had to, it came to a crash where it just was not fulfilling anymore. And that crash was very reckless and destructive. So just because you can't, in life, we can't always keep that high. So uh, to reach, to feel like we're, we're reaching for that high again, we might try different avenues. So the avenues that I've, I've tried was, was drugs. And uh, later, which I did not even know was, could be an addiction. I've, uh, I, I've, I formed a, a pornography addiction, which I didn't even know could be an addiction. Yeah. It's one of the worst ones, man. Yeah. Because it's so available, it's free, it's there, and it's not just the explicit stuff on these websites. It's it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, it's on the the billboard across the street. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes, like even my friends, uh, like I see them following these Instagrammers on on um, these Instagrams on Instagram, <laughs> so these Instagram models, whatever. And uh, it's just it's just funny to me. So I'm like, what's your intention? Like, mm, yeah. like you what what do you what what do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. Literally know, falling into that thirst trap. Yeah, they're liking every picture too. Like, what do you what is that gonna do, bro? Like, she's not gonna have an aha moment and be like, oh, he's the one. <laughs> oh, you know this guy right here. Out of all the guys that are liking my pictures. This guy right here that's got 200 followers, he's, I'm going to give it up to him. He's, the, the way his eyes are. No profile picture, one. too. <laughs> I know, man. And then what happened after that, bro? So what happened after that? So um, so having that, that very destructive um, thing, whatever, uh, one summer, usually I would used to go to, to Turkey every other summer or every summer sometimes. And one summer... I go to Turkey and I'm on my, my aunt's house. And mind you, like, I don't know anything about Islam. I don't know anything about, like, I didn't even, like the little kids in the neighborhood were making fun of me because they were asking me, the, what's the prophet's name? And I, I didn't know, you know? They were just laughing at me, pointing at me. And it, you know what I'm saying? So one day I'm just sitting at, sitting at home and I'm literally, there's, there's like a hundred channels. And wallahi, there's not one thing interesting on TV. If there was one thing interesting on TV, 
When the event went off, I would not have went to the mosque that day. If there was one thing interesting, I was searching very, like, I was really searching for something interesting on TV, whatever. The event for Usher goes off, and my aunt is like, oh, you and your cousin should go to the mosque. My cousin doesn't pray, whatever. So he's like, you guys should go to the mosque. And while she's talking, I'm still trying to flick through the channels, and still nothing. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let me go to the mosque. So we go to the mosque. And my cousin's like briefly telling me, oh, we do we do before we pray and whatnot. So whatever we do, we do. And we, I go upstairs to pray. And as soon as the door opened and I walk inside the, the, the like the, the prayer area where the, where the rug is, whatever, I just had like a crazy like epiphany where, uh, you know, like those old film strips that you could just pull out. And it was this bunch of squares, mm-hmm. like a bunch of cutouts, literally. I saw that with every mistake I made in my life. It just flipped through my head mad quickly. Even though it went through fast, I've seen like every snippet. <laughs> and I just started crying. I just started crying and I, I, I didn't understand it. But um, so I, I was praying that thing and I've really got like, I've really got touched. So whatever, let me make it sh- uh, short. So in my journey there, I just started praying five times a day. And my mother is completely mind blown. She goes, this kid, this kiddo is always earrings, you know, hair, hair spiked up, looking like some, like a, like a club promoter, smoking weed. Like she knows, she knew I was doing shit. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden she's like, my son is praying. It's like, what's going on? It doesn't make sense. You know, so I sustained it that whole time there. I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is the truth, but my experience, I definitely felt it. That's number one. And number two is, I don't, I said, I knew I had to hold on to something because or else I was, I felt like I was going to die or something because I just was not, was not satisfied with life and what it had to offer to me. And um, so, yeah, I just completely changed, changed my life there. So mind you, like my um, so we go back, come back to Brooklyn, whatever, and then like everybody's shocked now. My brother's shocked, my 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 sister's shocked, my dad is shocked, like my whole family is shocked that you have this kid that was completely reckless, that's praying now and, and trying to guide us. <laughs> I'm trying to have them praying and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it was funny. But um what ended up so before that. I was watching pornography here and there, but I just didn't feel the need to. But this, this is, this is, um, this is, when did that experience happen at the masjid? How old were you? I was right before my 18th birthday. And how old are you now? I'm turning 30 in August. Mashallah. Mashallah. I continue, continue. Yeah. So, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So bef- before I used to, I used to watch uh, pornography here and there, but I just never felt the need to. Oh, and um, so when I started become religious, quote unquote, I had to cut off a lot of people because I, ju- I, I was just scared to fall down that path again. But in the meantime, I'm, st- I'm still researching about religion. I'm still praying. You know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to be the best Muslim I could be. So I'm still mm-hmm. researching and I'm learning at a rapid rate. But um, like I didn't realize that, yeah, I was able to leave other addictions. 
But pornography caught back up with me because I cut off everybody and I was just home. I was just constantly home. So, and and mind you, at 18 years old, this is like the peak of your, of um, like your sexual drive. So constantly being home, and um, I I just started growing the habit again of watching pornography. And what what happened was, um, I just uh, what was I gonna say? <clears throat> I just lost my train of thought. Yeah. When you so, start, okay, yes. go ahead. I was yes, just gonna so, ask something as intermission. Yeah. So. Um, it, it came back and it, it was, and I, I realized it was addiction because like I was begging to, I was begging in the prayers. So I had to leave it. Like, I don't, I don't want yeah. it no more. Because, oh, an important ask, an important note. I realized I had an addiction when I was praying my, all my salas in the last seconds. So let's say if Asr is at 4.30 and, and, I would pray Zuhur at like 4.20. No, yeah, at 4.20 if Asr was at 4.30. Like, literally, the other Salahs were like, I would pray it right before the 10 minutes before the other Salahs. But I never understood, like, how can I leave this? How can I leave this? I tried so much. And then, like, a little bit of research and, and, and going to, uh, like, a therapist or something to, to learn about it. And it, it hit me. It, it, it hit me because um, it hit me because even even when I in like the very like the very um, high high times of being religious, I didn't address a certain things in my life. And this 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 is gonna how it's all gonna spiral back. So my brother and my father was always working. So my mother and my sister always raised me. So unconsciously. I grew, I got a lot of their traits and a man should never, a man should never learn, learn how to be himself from a woman. You know what I'm saying? But if that's the only, if that's the only thing you have, that's the only thing you have. You know what I'm saying? So I had, I, I realized that, that I was not addressing problems in my life and I was scared of tension. That was my main problem. I was constantly avoiding tension. Between what? Just being in tense situations. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, what happens. that's what happens, bro. So if, I was just constantly you, pushing okay. away any kind of tension. Where When it came to, like, I wouldn't mind being stepped on as long as there was no tension. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But, um, but, uh, learning about myself and being real with myself and, and understanding my emotions and um and who who I am and about the red about red pill and whatnot about addressing your problems have going into tension and speaking speaking them out letting things out it really changed my life it changed my life a lot because it was it was it was no longer hidden. So things that bothered me in the past, I addressed every single problem. I went up to these people, I called these people, I spoke, I like even talked to my pops. I was like, my I was like, pops, when you did so and so thing at, as, as, at when I was eleven years old, that that fucked my life up. You know what I'm saying? 
that that ruins things for me. That that if you would have never did that, because I felt helpless when I saw something, when I when I heard when I saw something and, and I and it really bothered me for many years mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to address it. You know what I'm saying? But then when I spoke to him face to face like a man, he was denying it. He still denied it. But the fact that it was not for him, it was for, it, it was for myself. I, mm. I told him, I told him how I felt. I was like, what you did? I was like, that was terrible. And you ruined my life. Yeah. So let letting loose, it helped me. To, it, it, it broke the shackles of addiction. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. MashaAllah. And in the process, you found yourself in, in, in a tense situation, in a state of conflict, and, and you went for it because you knew you had to. Mashallah. Oh, now I don't shy away. I don't Mashallah. shy away. Words don't hurt me no more. Pe- people get tight now. People get yeah. so tight when they say things and it doesn't affect me. And I just, I just, I say something back to them and they get tight. I just laugh now. Mm. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I made such a big drastic change in my life. I'm so grateful. Where I am in my life. But this is not, this is not to just say it for myself. This is to say for, I know there's kids watching too. Where, because the way pornography is, it's such a sneaky addiction. Like, you could have an addiction and nobody would know. But when it comes to other drugs, with, with weed, you would have red eyes. With, with heroin, you start itching yourself or something. Like, you would try to steal and stuff. Like, it would be easy to spot. But with pornography, you can't spot it. Yeah, you would be more inclusive, like more to yourself, but people can't really spot it. And num- my number one advice would be to tell somebody you trust, to, to speak it out. Because you can't. It's, it's, it can't be just you and shaitan. You know what I'm saying? You can't just grapple with shaitan all day, every day. It's just a losing battle. That's fast. I remember I did the same exact thing you just said. Actually, in two occasions. Like, bro, subhanAllah, your story is aligning so much with my story. In certain ways, obviously, you know, your story is unique to yours. But um, you telling your pops about the thing that happened that affected you. Bro, like, I got abused as a kid from my stepdad. And, like, later on in life, like, 22, 23, I had realized what you realized. I was like, yo, I can't run away from this. I need to, like, I, I need to deal with this. I need to confront it. And I literally hit him up, met him in person. I hadn't seen him in, like, four years. And basically told him everything. I was like, yo, like, everything you did when I was little, I just want to let you know that that really did mess me up. Like it made me suicidal and made me go through all this turmoil. But I want to let you know that I forgive you. Not because I want you back in my life, but because it's it's just not something that I want to hold on to. And bro, he did exactly what your dad did, bro. He denied everything. He played the victim card. And it's like, dude, I'm forgiving you, bro. Like it's you're forgiven. You do not have to deny it. You don't have to play the victim card. Just accept it. But man, say. Some people, they're too caught up here in the ego, bro. They have this story of how it is, who they are, and what plays out, bro. What 100%. 100%. Especially in the Turkish community, like the reality is not so important. The more important thing is how people view them Mm. and how their preservation. Yep. Dr. Steph Kirsten was telling us in an episode that a lot of 
um, people, not just Turks, he was saying Turks, but I see this in a lot of Middle Eastern and some South Asian communities too. Being their ethnicity, so like being Turk, for example, is more important than being a Muslim. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and mm-hmm. it's 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 sad because they feel like they have to they have to to, to sustain something, but they don't yes. realize that they don't realize that everybody sees through it. Like the people, the people that that really try to, I got family members like that that try to keep it perfect, and like they would tell me that their son has a straight A's. And I would speak to their their son's friend, and they'll tell me, "Oh, your your cousin's special ed." I was like, "Oh, come to find out, my cousin is special ed." Their parents would tell me, "Straight A, uh, honor roll student." That's messed up. Yo, so yeah, question for you: yes. When you were going through the whole pornography thing, who did you tell, and what was your experience with that? So who? I knew I wanted to tell people that I was not going to really know or see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did tell one of my friends. I did tell one of my friends. But they didn't really stay like, oh, we all have a, everybody's addicted to porn. It's nothing. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. addicted. I'm addicted too. Like, yeah. I'm like, nah, bro. Nah. I'm, I'm not, we're not addicted the same. It's, my, it's ruining my life. Like, mm-hmm. it's ruining my life where I'm making dua. I'm like, yo, Allah, take my, take my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I, I don't want to do this no more. Like, this is too mm. much. You know what I'm saying? But, um, but yeah, underst- understanding your emotions, speaking your emotions. And another thing that really helped me is calm, like, to the kids, just calm the hell down. Like, <sighs> calm down. You don't gotta, like, you don't gotta, like, um, you don't gotta be all, like, like, all, like, crazy triggered. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's so important for these kids to not be on their phones too much because they have low attention span and they're like always like triggered and stuff. It's 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 never good to be too high when you're happy or too set too down when you're sad. Mm. The middle thing, it when you're in the middle, you always know the right words to say in any confrontation. You always know the right right things to say in any situation because when you're calm, you can think clearly. And then you won't, you won't go back, walking back, and be like, "Oh, um, I should have said this, man. I should have said this." That's that's gonna exit out the equation, because yeah. when you're calm, you can speak directly, and it just comes out. It just flows. Yeah, man, nice. subhanallah. But you, so you only told friends. You never told like a family member or anything like that where you were going. Oh through. no, they wouldn't understand. No, they wouldn't mm. understand exactly. They wouldn't oh. understand. Like they'll just tell me, "Oh, uh, just just it's stop, not, you know, just stop it." <laughs> Listen, let me let me share something with you, with all y'all, because I never told this to y'all. Uh, when I had found out that I had a porn addiction, first person that I told was my mom, because I knew I had to tell someone. I was like, "I gotta get this out. I need help because I, I was having trouble. It was, bro, I did not know how to stop." So I told my mom, and you know what my mom said. She go to a psychologist. I was like, damn, like, what what a good mother. And then I, after that, I was like, you know what? I, I need to tell someone else because that didn't do it for me. So you know what I told next? I told my girlfriend at the time. Bro, I, I pulled up to her house and I remember like bro, I was crying in the car, like telling her. 
You know what she told me? That's your problem. You got to take care of it. Bro, like I was so hurt by that. And then I told my dad. And then my dad basically, I don't know, my dad didn't really know how to handle it. Then he told his dad, my grandpa. Then he told his wife. And bro, like it, it just made me ashamed of it, bro. You know what's the saddest thing? Mm. The saddest thing is people, people don't even know about it. People are not even aware. And if you look at the statistics, it's it's most of the Muslim countries that's that's watching porn. Facts. Because you have to look at this, these people. They're innocent. They, 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 they want to stay away from Zina. They don't want to go have premarital sex. So they have a lot of alone time. And they have this, this crazy sex drive that they need, that they need to unleash. Instead of Instead of uh, channeling it and maybe going to MMA or boxing or something, they're just working. Maybe they might even have time for that because uh, in these countries, like they barely make anything, you know? So just uh, they have so much time so they, they have all the sex and sexual drive that they don't know what to do with it. So pornography is just uh, here. It's free. It's and people there. are not it's aware of the consequences. Yeah. But man, like, I'm saying this because, like, yes, it's important to tell someone, but the person who you tell, or more so who you tell is the most important thing. What I mean by that is, like, what really started the whole journey for me, bro, is, like, I didn't even know about God. I was atheist at the time. I was atheist, bro. Wallahi, I was atheist. And I remember sitting down, learning about meditation, and I remember in my first time that I meditated, I felt something not what you felt in the mosque, but I felt something and I was like, oh, it's not real. Atheism's not real. Like there's, there's something else. And just that little experience is what began to free me from everything that I had. And bro, that right there, it, it wasn't me going to a person, it was me going to the creator and I didn't even know I was going to the creator, bro. That's crazy. And, and two things I want to add. Pornography makes men feminine. Oh, yeah. This is 100%. Pornography Big makes facts. men feminine. They're like more like, like shy and reserved. And like you don't feel like you're worthy to speak sometimes. Like, you're not, like your words don't have any meaning. So you can't say it with confidence. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I did go to those meetings. They have SA meetings, NA meetings, and all these other mm. meetings for uh, to recover from pornography. But the the one thing that really really helped me is when I started making the connection between the red pill and the Sahaba's lives, the life of the mm. Sahaba. Because before before the actions of Sahabas didn't make sense to me sometimes. And I'll be real with y'all. I'm like, yo. Why they act in a certain way? Why they a certain way? You know? And then looking into Red Pill, not the extreme version of it, how it, it might, like, a lot of people, like, you don't got to be all rowdy and shit. Like, that's not They're not Red Black Pill, Megtown, not that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just butthurt men. Mm -hmm. But understanding Red Pill, Red, Red Pill, that's when it really opened my mind. That's when my journey really started. I'm like, oh... That's why these certain men I've met in my life, life were behaving a certain way. I'm like, these men, some of these men where I thought that their responses to certain situations is, oh, they're terrible people for talking like that. But 
They were actually being honest and truthful. Because, like I said, pornography makes you feminine. So I felt like like them being truthful and honest, like other men being truthful and honest, was them being mean. I, I, it, I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense to me, you know what I'm saying? But understanding the, the uh, red pill and understanding how, how the, the, the Sahaba were looking at things for what it is, like even in Islam, when you're praying, we're not praying for the feeling. We're praying. No, you mute yourself. We're praying to we're praying to pray, not the feeling. Because mm. then you're worshiping the feeling. Facts. Like things are just like to accept things for what it is. Mm -hmm. Number one thing, like I said before, is speaking. You got to speak it out. It just has to come out already. Like this, there might be some people that that still hold it in. Well, just let it out, bro. And if, if people are making fun of you, they're not your true friends. Facts. That is facts. That's why the first step is always uh, admitting you have a problem <clears throat> when it comes to dealing with addiction. So, subhanAllah, uh, that's facts, man. Yeah. Honestly, that was a very touching story, man. Like, I was speechless the whole time. Just listening. I'm like, damn, subhanAllah. It's so relatable, too. Yeah. And But, but like, you living it firsthand, me living it firsthand, Angel, Rami living it firsthand, it, we had to start in our mind, we're the only ones. Mm. Yes, but it's like, if yes. we don't talk about it now, nobody else will know that, that, that it's not just you, bro. It's not just you, G, it's everyone. We all had the same thing growing up or something similar, different shade, right? But unless we talk about it, we're never going to improve as like a collective. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I remember I met this one Muslim brother in a, in a, in a MSA mm -hmm. and like he was always praying and one day we had a, he just, he was so pissed off. I was like, yo, bro, what's wrong, bro? He goes, yo, I can't freaking leave it. I can't leave it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yo, pornography is destroying me. Like, he just like, and I was scared to tell him I, I was struggling with it too. But he was just like so pissed off. Like, he was just bursting. He was like, yo, I can't, I can't pray or anything. He's like, my, my mom's always annoying me to pray. Because you can't have, your heart can't have pornography and and Salah and Islam at the same time. Mm -hmm. It yeah. just can't. Yeah. I tried, I tried it myself. It was, it's just, it's it's so hard to sustain because, like I said, you're you're making these salahs when there's only like five, 10 minutes left. There was times I made salahs when there's two minutes left, right before the next salah. Where I'm trying to rush, I'm like, oh shit, I got like five minutes. Let me go make gusul. And it's so crazy. And it's so ridiculous. And it's so sad that it's not just us. It's so many people struggling with this. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hold hands with Shaitan and Allah at the same time. Yeah. What were some yeah. of the, I know we got just under like five minutes left, but we can wrap it up. What were some of your main, and I don't mind doing this again because we, we definitely need a part two, but what were your main takeaways, bro, of uh, your journey? What really helped you leave, leave porn? Definitely, definitely red pill was number one. And number two, number number two is understanding myself and my emotions. So oh, a book that I would highly, highly, highly recommend is Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. I read that book. I fell in love with it. I understood myself so much. Like, it just, I helped make sense of my life experience. And it, it was crucial. So 
definitely understanding red pill. Uh, I'm just trying to trying to understand your own emotions, and also at the same time, realize that your emotions and what you want to speak or whatnot, it might not equal what's going on in society right now. It it might not make sense your emotions and your thinking with how society is run right now. It's 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 a it's a feminist society, and men are like little boys are taught that oh. Uh, like women are better, women are smarter, women are, it's, it's bullshit. We're different. You know what I'm saying? Well, we're the same. Exactly. We're different, bro. Y'all remember as uh, kids. The, same, the side of Allah, but we're different when it comes to, we're just Biology. different. Biological, like, Biological sex differences, 100%, bro. If somebody's and watching like... this and they can't accept the fact that men are stronger than women, there's nothing I can tell you. I, I can't, we can't continue the subject. We can't continue talking if you can't accept that men are generally stronger than women physically. If you can't accept this, then you're Basic still... Basic stuff, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's funny because you have some dudes who they uh they do trans. They do the surgery to become a woman. And then they compete in sports as a, a trans woman. <laughs> bro, it's like, bro, they smash bro, these bro. records, bro. That should be illegal, man. That's messed up. Yo, this, yo I, I, saw the, I saw the... um I saw some of the, those fights, bro. Yo, the, I felt so bad for the girls, bro. Yeah. I felt so bad. Their whole face. She had like one of the one shorty had like a whole balloon on her forehead. Ooh, I yeah, know you're yeah, talking about. Uh, I think something Jerzevayevic or something like that. I don't know, bro. I just saw a quick picture. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, she fought the Asian chick. Yeah, that was wild, bro. But yeah. um, if you guys have things to do, like I like I know um, brother Fayad was telling me about how he has somebody right after. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do that. That's cool. You know, what I'm saying I don't want to take up your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we'll definitely. No, the last thing, bro. yes, definitely part two. Last thing sure. I wanted to throw in here because what you said about like we're in a feminine society as men, we've been conditioned even from like a very young age. Y'all remember as kids that little thing that um the girls used to sing. The yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Guys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. Oh, yeah, yeah. Girls yeah. go to college to get more knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, bro, as a little kid, I was like, what? Even as a kid, I was like, that never sat right with me. I was like, what? That makes yeah. no sense, bro. Yeah. <laughs> or like, first uh, the worst, second the best. Oh, my God. Bro. How does that literally make sense, bro? That's oxymoronical. Yeah, yeah third is the one with the hairy chest. It's crazy. No, bro. we had third the nerd. Yeah. Anyways, mm. bro, part two for sure, because no, it, it was I'm real. Like- I, I, like I, I fucks with y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like, bro, <laughs> the angle. Like, yo, bro, I will. I'm here. Before, bro. You you were uh, you were watching you my Muslim, my YouTube channel. Yeah, when I found out you were Muslim, bro, I was like, yo, that's lit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> bro. Yeah, no, guys, write down below hashtag freedom from addictions if you want a whole episode, not even a part two. We'll do a whole episode with you. Yo, but, uh, with that being uh, said. Yeah, is that book bro? you recommended? Is that the one that like explains everything from an Islamic perspective? No, it's I think not I Islamic heard about it. It's not Islamic. It's not. It's 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 by a it's some New Yorker, some Jewish old man, Daniel Goleman. Emotional hmm. intelligence. Yeah. Read it hmm. definitely. Yeah. But yo, I'll definitely right. like a part two with you guys, yo. I I I, I like y'all, yeah. you know. Inshallah, inshallah, It's been great. Uh, the book you're talking about, Unhill, was by Sheikh Mikael Smith. I think it copy. It's called emotional intelligence, as far as I know. It's That's called crazy, the moral dude. and emotional intelligence of the private soul. Shoot, I'm gonna have to read both. Enjoy, sure, bro. 
inshallah. <laughs> All right, brother. Broski. Guys, right. it has it's been real. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikumussalam. Brahmi, close it out, boy. Close it out.